Welcome to another edition of Gold Sports. I'm Riley Pate, my best friend Adrian Herman. We're here to break down what's going on with the sports world from a local perspective uh, and just sit here and talk about the things that are important uh, to everybody that loves sports. And I, I'm excited about the direction we're going. We're actually going to be uploading video too. Yeah. And so, uh, hi out there to the sports world. Uh, may have to move this. Um, sorry guys but hi to the sports world uh, I'm Ray Ray you ain't never seen my face but you probably seen Riley's face most likely if you follow us on TikTok but yeah man I'm excited um, I've seen your face a couple times once you did the one video like at Chapel like, Hill oh yeah well, never mind. you've seen me hello again uh, <laughs> but no okay so yeah man we're, we're excited uh Finally got this set up, uh, the video, um, to record our shows, um, but yeah, man, we're excited, uh, the season officially kicks off tonight, tonight, really, tonight, yeah, tonight, there's games going on tonight, yeah, uh, well, Dangerfield and Gladewater, right, that, that's tomorrow night, so tonight we have, uh, Spring Hill at Sabine, Okay. Or, I'm sorry, Sabine at Spring Hill. We'll talk about that game in a minute. That's going to be your KYKX game of the week. Yeah. Uh, on 105.7 The Ranch. Or, or uh, Kicks, rather. And 104.1 The Ranch. And then you've got Timpson at Bentville uh, in a clash of two, uh, 2A powerhouses. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, what Spring Hill would look like. Because, you know, they're coming. You said they're running out of the, uh, what's that? Pistol Flex. Yeah. And so this is a new... Uh, system. They, they were in a form of some spread last season. And we, we, as we know, they had the quarterback. They had uh, a, a good receiver, and they had a running back. But I say their running game was better than their passing game last season. Oh, yeah. I mean, they had the ability. And, and out of this, you've got that triple option. You're going to be running the ball the majority of the time. Right. But now you're seeing yourself up in a formation um, that – Opens those windows, you know, for that triple option. It's basically what they're going to be running out of is going to be your flex bone offense, just out of a pistol look. Yeah. Uh, so your quarterback's going to be about two and a half yards out from center, and that kind of opens some things up on the perimeter. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited because you're starting to see, as you informed me earlier this week, is that Gladewater as well as what to the wing to your slot team. Yeah, I'm. I'm not getting a clear indication, so we'll just wait and see. <laughs> but, um, you know, you start to see more teams go to uh, these run offenses. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. those kind of offenses. I like to see them because of, you know, how complex they are. And, you know, it's a lot of trickery in those. Mm-hmm. If, especially if defenses can't stop them. They're not trained or practiced uh, and learn how to learn how to stop them. So, uh, and I know that was the fun part of watching Pittsburgh play once everything got going last last year. Uh, so that was the fun part of watching them play uh, is that, man, you know, watching defenses, you know, trying to figure out, okay, how do we stop this guy, this guy? Oh, this guy, he, that ain't who had the ball. <laughs> that ain't who got the ball. Uh, so it's, it's, it's fun watching those kind of offenses. Um, but, you know, I like a good uh, spread offense as well. Uh, if it's ran the correct way, uh, just like the run offenses. Mm-hmm. But, man, yeah, I'm excited. We, like you said, we got games kicking off tonight. Uh, and then, you know, the Black and Gold Classic. 
uh, tomorrow night, Mount Pleasant, Texas will get uh, with Pittsburgh versus Mount Pleasant. First uh, time in 30 years? Almost, yeah, almost 30 years, man. You know, and that's per usual, there's already been some trash talk. Oh, yeah, like uh, those two times. Yeah, there's <laughs> already, already been some trash talk. It's to, that's what's to be expected. Uh, and we're expecting a full house, man. Um, Mount Pleasant, uh, Pitt, Pittsburgh come out. You know, let's all get along. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, come out, man, and support the, the the players, man, and you know, let's have some, let's let's see some good football because I'm excited. I am convinced that it's going to be a great game. I think it will be just from a pure football matchup standpoint. You've got the slot team, uh, yeah. power running game coming and deceptive running game coming out of Pittsburgh. Of course, about Pleasant. Uh, we'll largely be in the spread. They have all that athleticism yeah. at different parts uh, of that offense, you know, from the receiver position to the quarterback position. I, I think that's going to be interesting. The, the big question is going to be is how is Mount Pleasant going to respond to, to Pittsburgh just lining up and saying, listen, fellas, put 11 in the box because we're coming. Yeah. Uh, we got three, three good backs in the backfield. We're coming right at you. And I, I want to see how Mount Pleasant responds to that because – that's not something that they're going to see on a consistent basis no. at the 5A level. Well, you know they started the you know the year off with their scrimmage against Pleasant Grove, who runs out of a similar offense that they're in the, the wing T, right? Yes. Uh, and so I think they had a good scrimmage against Pleasant Grove, but also like you said, it's, it's trying. This is the slot team. It's a different offense with you know different formations. And so trying to figure out how to stop them, and you know Pittsburgh can get tricky with it. You know, yeah. we can we can throw it. Or run it, or, uh, run it out of the gun anyway. But either either way, you have to stop the run. Well, I, I think people that read a lot into the uh, scrimmage between Mount Pleasant and Pleasant Grove are going to be shocked on yeah. Friday night. Uh, Pleasant Grove runs some different things out of their wing T formations. They block a little bit different. They're younger. Uh, I mean, Pittsburgh's plenty young, but I mean. Pleasant Grove's coming kind of off of their run as one of the more dominant teams in the state of Texas. You also have to consider uh, Pleasant Grove is very young on defense. And so any sort of flashy numbers that Pleasant put up against them, I'm not trying to invalidate that. I'm just saying you can't base what's going to happen tomorrow night based off of just that scrimmage alone. I I really think it's going to be a good game. Um, and, and to me, the key in that ball game is what is Mount Pleasant going to do defensively? Yeah. If if Pittsburgh puts it all together, coming out of the gate, uh, and they're blocking well, they're running things well. What? How's Mount Pleasant going to respond to that? Yeah. On the flip side, if you're Pittsburgh, that is the question. How long is it going to take for you to start getting that? three yards in a cloud of dust because that's what it's going to take for you to be successful in that moment. Right. And to wear that defense down. You, you can't stay behind the chains because if you give Mount Pleasant the ball, they're going to score more times than not. It yeah. just, that's the way that, well, that offense You know, um, Mount Pleasant has a pretty good quarterback, you know, uh, and Macy McMahon. <laughs> Pretty good. No, he's really good. The, the kid is. I, I say. No, no, I understand. <laughs> that kid's good. That kid's. That kid's got an arm. That kid's got legs. And he. That's what I say. That kid that they got uh, at quarterback is the kind of kid that makes things happen. Yeah. Uh, and, and 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 let me tell you, as somebody who's coached against cats like that, you hate that because what happens is you may cover everything on the field that you want to cover. Right, you may have it down pat, 
and then you go, wait, he's still up. <laughs> he's still <laughs> right around back there, and you look back, and somebody's come off their reef, and there it is. Yes. Like, it, guys like that just extend plays. They make things happen. Yeah. Pittsburgh's going to have to just watch it. Yeah, the, yeah. that that second quarter is going to have to be on their P's and Q's. But also, this is uh, this is a, an interesting thing, is both of these teams have new athletic directors. So, you know, you know last year, um, the head coach of Mount Pleasant, you know, stepped out or resigned, and he became the athletic director, right? And so they have a, they have a new... Listen, turn up a beer. Yeah. <laughs> so they have a new... Uh, because of that, they have a new head coach as well. So... Uh, along with Pittsburgh, you know, this is Abrams' uh, second, second year. year. Um, and so, well, I, I say this is his second year, but his first full uh, year to be able to work with the kids. Yeah, he got spring ball. He got he a got, yeah, summer. He a whole nine yards. And so, you know, this is going to be an interesting, interesting game because now you have two coaches that I'm about, we want to show people what we're about, you know. Yeah. Um, Mount is kind of already doing that, you know. They're trying to make, they want to make a statement, you know. They did last season, you know, they made they made the playoffs. Uh, and Mount Pleasant has consistently been getting better over the years. So that's something I'm glad to see, you know, for them, uh, is that they, they're getting better. Uh, I don't expect them to um, not make the playoffs this year. I expect them to make the playoffs. The, the question, too... Uh, you know, Mount Pleasant's trying to say, "Hey, we're we're a football town. You know, we're going to we're going to be in the mix." Yeah. Um, but but for Pittsburgh, the statement that they're going to have to try and make is, "What you saw at the end of last season is legit. Like that wasn't right. just lightning in a bottle. We didn't just get hot for four or five ball games. This is something that we want to build on as a program, and that's something that Coach Aber and his staff." Are going to have to try and continue instilling the players, and the community is going to have to buy into that. Right. And, and this is going to be a statement game for them. You cannot. And 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 here's the thing: in a game like this, if you're Mount Pleasant or you're Pittsburgh, either one, either program cannot get blown out Friday night. Yeah. It just it, it's a detriment to your program. Um, you know, and, and it's hard. It's hard to get high school kids to look at it and go, "This isn't a district game." Yeah, and, and especially when it's a rivalry game. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I remember 2016. Uh, we were state ranked. We had beat uh, Wascom, uh, who was 32 and 0 coming into that ball game. We knocked them off. We we beat Quitman. Everybody could beat Quitman back then. Uh, you beat Quitman, and so the the last non district game on the schedule. Was against White Oak, the, the perennial rival. I mean, you know, that was White Oak week. That was what everybody lived for. Yeah. They come in. They're they're state ranked in three A Division One. We're state ranked in three A Division Two. I think at the time we were number two in three eighty two, and they were one or two in three eighty one. And what I still to this day at that point say was the best high school quarterback in Texas um, for what he was doing. Uh, I mean, it, it was incredible. And so they come in. We have some things happening at the end of that ball game. We lose the ball game, and, and the thing is, that was such a buildup. Such a, I mean, you know, that's all right. We hate those guys winning, so it's hard to get the kids to refocus. Right. You know, and that focus was yes. The next week was bye week, and then we start district. But even going to that first district ball game, the focus just wasn't there like it needed to be because they're still looking their wounds from hey the rivals coming at our place and beat us. Right. So if you're either school. 
you're gonna have to manage those expectations. Yes, this is a big ball game. Yes, there will be a full house Friday night. Yes, it does matter. You want to win that ball game. You know, you want to get strong on the right foot. But if you lose, hey, guys, we've got Ten, at least not, nine more games. And if we do what we want to do, we've got 11, 12, 13 more. You know, yeah. you, you, you've got to to manage that. And so that's something we'll be talking about Monday following that ball game for somebody yeah. is what does their, their path look like, you know, kind of moving forward. Yeah. And, you know, um, to kind of, you know, seal off this topic with Pittsburgh is, Pittsburgh has, you know, just like you said, it's not just, it wasn't just lightning in a bottle. Uh, we've seen um, the discipline, you yeah. know, we've seen the discipline, we've seen the uh, the hard work, the, uh, and one thing that they have shocked me with this year, I must say, is their, um, their stamina. They are conditioned. Uh, those boys are conditioned. I, I told you uh, after the uh, Chapel Hill uh, scrimmage, they could have played two more whole quarters if they wanted oh, to. Oh, yeah. You know, and Chapel Hill could have. Yeah. Oh, those cats were done. <laughs> they were gassed, but Pittsburgh could have played a whole other two quarters. Well, well, I think the key to that is that Coach Abram has brought a 3A mentality to a 4A program. And what I mean by that is down in 3A, everybody knows everybody. It's a small deal. You better tough it out. You don't get tired till I tell you I'm tired, you know, you, that you're tired. Yeah. Because you're going to play four quarters and you're going to play both sides of the football. That's not as common at the 4A level. I mean, it happens, but it's very rare that you see 11 guys go uh, both ways. Yeah. You know, that, that, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. And so what we have to think about is, you know, here's Coach Abram. He's coming out of that 3A uh, school, not only, uh, you know, uh, there at Paul Pitt, and so he's bringing that kind of a mentality that, hey, we're playing both sides of the ball. Yeah. And you you just better get it together and get ready. And that's not something last year that those cats were conditioned to do. That's not something they really thought about. We didn't have many guys. There weren't many guys in Pittsburgh. And there's not many guys, period, at the 4A level that are used to consistently playing on both sides of the ball. Yeah. But again, he's had a full spring. He's had a full summer. They've seen, and he's been able to preach that this is the expectation. You're playing both sides of the football for four quarters. Yeah, and I applaud him for that because he's been able to keep that going. You know, he hasn't, you know, let off any at all. And we've seen it, you know, through the, the progress. And I say once again, you know, Pittsburgh is conditioned. And he, I mean, has made that a steady thing. You know, I, I told you, you know, we talked about a couple of times, you know, players come to class and have conversations with them. And I mean, all we do run and lift weights, <laughs> you know, yeah. and um, that builds their, you know, their condition. Also, um, you know, the way that they practice, mm-hmm. and so you know, it's I, I expect a good game tomorrow night. Um, I expect you know a, a, a full house, um, the energy and the atmosphere to be crazy. But also, it's like you said, you know, they don't have they don't need to put too much. Fire under this uh, this game. You you can't, and especially if you're Pittsburgh, you can't let up. I mean, because no matter what happens Friday night, all roads. If you're gonna win, and I texted you this the other day. Yeah. When we were talking, texting back and forth about different things, especially in four A Division Two. Yeah. I don't care who you are, 
or what's going on in 4A Division II football, if you're going to win the state championship, all roads run through Carthage, Texas. Yeah. And so if you're, you know, if you're Pittsburgh, yes, you've got this big matchup tomorrow night. you got to turn around the very next week. Yeah. And, and the Carthage Bulldogs are coming to town like it or not. Yeah. And, and you have to believe that they're going to be fired up. They're going to be ready to go because, you know, one thing that Coach Scott Surratt has done down there in Carthage is he has created a culture where it is literally state championship or bust. I mean, that, 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 that's how they feel coming into every year. He didn't win it last year. Every time he doesn't win, he gets mad. He beats everybody by 50. So, I mean, <laughs> that's just the reality of, of high school football in East Texas in 4A. It runs through Carthage. There's no debate. I don't care who you are, what you're thinking. you got to go through Carthage. And so they they got to have that mentality, too. Right. That, hey, this is a big ball game. You want to win this ball game. But you also don't want to be licking your wounds after next week because you may see those guys later on in the playoff. Right. You know. It, you just learn how to take your losses. Yep. It, it just and, – and, hey, Pittsburgh, I'm just – But we're not the same. Yeah, in general. So, in general. Uh, Pittsburgh may win, and, and, and we might be having a whole different conversation on Monday. You yeah. Know? Uh, but I, I'm just willing to look – be fair to both teams, look at it from both angles – there are some mentality things that go into games like this that people don't always think about. They just, oh, we're going to show up, we're going to cheer on. In front. But you got to, one thing I hope that we're able to do, um, and I hope as we go through the show that I'm able to kind of give people a peek into the coach's office, into the, the yeah. locker room, that kind of a mentality of looking at the game. Um, and, and so that's that's what I'm talking about there. You know, you just got to be cautious in games like that. Yeah. Uh, another big matchup going on tomorrow night. Uh, Dangerfield at Glenwater. Glenwater has changed their offense. I'm going to be interested to see how uh, Dangerfield responds to that right out of the gate. That's kind of their thing. If you're going to beat Dangerfield, if you can run the football and run it right at them and say, okay, fellas, let's go. They, they have... Uh, had problems with that over the last 10, 15 years. I mean, you know, that's been the way to beat them is to run the football and run it well. And that's one thing I hope that Dangerfield has gotten better. You know, we saw last year um, when they, you know, for the last two years that they've headed up against Roscombe in the playoffs that they had a hard time stopping that run. And Roscombe was able to just have their way with them. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, especially last year. I mean, that Oh, yeah, that was, that was a hard game to watch. But, I mean, it was interesting because Roscombe, Ran what they you know ran it so well the flex ball what the flex ball right yes they ran it so well and effectively and they just feel you see the players getting frustrated but I want to see if they there's any growth in their defense because you know there's a lot of questions you know why the, why won't the you know why the the defensive coordinator didn't you know make do this adjustment yeah uh, you know and you want to see that you want to see okay how how are they going to look at the last two years so we had potentially fell short. We're going to make changes. Uh, and then on the other side, they've got a, a sophomore quarterback. Right. Who had to cut his teeth against Wascom. I mean, like, you hadn't started all year, but here's the football. Yeah. Go beat Wascom. He, he hadn't started playing until the week before. Because yeah, the, the second half yeah. of the game against West Rusk. That was a blowout game. Yeah. They put him in. He's already up big. Not a lot of pressure there. And then the very next week, you've got to win this ball game. Like, for us to continue on the path. Now, if they can get together, if he plays well, 
And if the defense grows, I, I could very easily see Dangerfield winning state running away with the only big opponent standing between them and that title being Gunner. Uh, Gunner's so disciplined around that yeah. pistol option. Uh, you know, and I think Dangerfield still has that uh, receiver, Aaron uh, Hampton. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're retiring quite a bit on offense. Yeah, and who's uh, a yeah. junior committed to Texas, UT Austin. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I, like I said, I want to see some uh, adjustment. I want to know if they adjusted to um, just their defense to that off those kind of offense. Yeah, you know because. They did in the last two se- the last two season they ran into uh, Wascom and it's like they didn't know what to do. But I want to see if there was any kind of change that they've you know learned their lesson <laughs> and adjusted. And I, and I want to see the mentality of the kids. Oh against yeah, yeah. A running offense. I mean, are you willing to stay in the trenches and say play after play? That guy's gonna like, blow me off the football and mash on me. Yeah. You know how are you gonna respond? But like I said, you have the. You have the talent there. You have the pieces there to go win another state title. Um, and, and, and let's, I mean, you know, Dangerfield's always in the talk. Uh, they've yeah. always got the athletes. They're yeah. always in the talk. But if we're being, you know, it's been years um, since their last state title. It's been over 10 years. And so, yeah. uh, you know, that, that raises the question, does Dangerfield have another one in them? I mean, you know, do do you have another state title in you? And, and, and the reason, you know, and that leads to a whole different discussion about towns, you know, that, yeah. that and, and the direction that things are headed with people moving out of those places because there's no jobs, there's no source of real con- uh, consistent income, any of that. But, I mean, what would just think about the story, what that would do for the town to win another state title. I mean, yes, they're, they're always in the mix. You know, they're going to make those deep playoff runs, but just to go back and win it again, uh, I think that would do a lot for that town to be able to say, you know, we're, we're, we're not done just yet. You know, we've yeah. still got something left. Um, for, for Dangerfield, you know, we talked about, you know, household names. You know, you had, you know, like I, we talked about, you know, uh, last week, you know, you had the Herndons, you had the Mims. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had those kind of names, and they were around for a long time. Um, and there's still some Mims there. Uh, but the thing is, you know, you ask that question, you know, does that make a big difference in, you know, the game, you know, the team? You know, those, those two families were very, um, two athletic fa- uh, families. You know, one of them is my family. So you look at that and say, okay, now just because they're not there, is that does that mean you know that that's just it for Dangerfield, or do you say you know you're giving this this generation a chance to build off of something other than you know the Mims or the Hermans being around? You know, yeah, you're giving you know different uh, opportunities, and you're giving space for new household names to come along, and I. In my opinion, I think that's what's happening. I think Dangerfield is they're, they're coming off of that, you know, um, so and so played used to play for them, and it was a big name, and they're coming into their own in their own special way. And it's taken a, it's taken a while, and it's taken a lot longer than what we expected because it's Dangerfield. But 
I believe that's what's happening with them is that they're coming to the into their own in their own time, and I and I you know expect you know like you said I, for them to have a very good season and to possibly even win state. Mm-hmm. So a- absolutely, uh, another uh, big matchup. Let's see here: Gilmer at Chapel Hill. Uh, Gilmer state ranked in four division two. Chapel Hill state ranked in four division one. Question marks in Gilmer. I mean, a lot of questions. And and so we're going to be able to see, okay, a little bit more live action here. What are you going to do? How are you going to play? You know, just a lot there. Um, Because, honestly, you you really, and this is odd, you don't know what to expect from Gilmer right now. Uh, and, and we're not used to that. I mean, we're used to, oh, that's Gilmer. You know, they're going to do this, this, and this. They're having some trouble on both sides of the ball, uh, especially on the offensive and defensive lines, uh, just playing well and being consistent. Yeah. Um, well, as you know, you know, they have a new offensive line coach and Griffith, you know, yes. came from us. Who, who right? And that's the th- so that's a storyline in and of itself. You have Spring Hill's head football coach, who's from Gilmer. He leaves Spring Hill to go to Gilmer as an assistant. Mm-hmm. And then now, one of the the question marks is his unit. I, you know, the, yeah. I, I think being left to be a coach is especially you have to be careful what you wish for when you leave one job to go to another, thinking oh. You know, this is going to be my gravy job, a gravy train job. Yeah. Well, maybe, you know, they turn it around, you know, something different happens. Um, I don't know. I don't even know what to expect. Uh, I, I know what to expect out of Chapel Hill because we've seen it. Uh, we've seen a glimpse. And there's one play that keeps jogging my memory from Chapel Hill. You, you remember, uh, it was a play where the kid... Uh, we had a blown. Remember, we were doing so well on defense mm-hmm. uh, the second half, and it was that blown coverage, and that guy was just jetted down the field, yeah, just wide open. And I'm like, that's world class speed right there. We, we had a we had a, so it was a double china route. Both guys bit on the inside, and one guy on the outside. He's wide open. They dump it off. It's an easy touchdown. Yeah. I mean, it was incredible. But it, it showcased they're they're going to be very hard to stop. If if you give Chapel Hill the ball um, too many times, you're gonna, you're going to lose. I mean, you're going to have to do something. And this is not. I, I don't care how good Gilmer is. This is not the the Jeff Trailer era where you're just going to get into shootouts with people. I mean, that was kind of what made made him famous. Was that you know Coach Trailer's philosophy was you may score, but we're going to score more. Yeah. Uh, you know, you may put up 60, but we're going to put up 70 tonight. Uh, Gilmer's not that kind of an offense now. Uh, they're more, I mean, yes, they're still in the spread. Yes, they're going to throw the ball uh, probably 60 to 70% of the time. But they're more of a play-to-the-edges type of offense, play a little bit to the middle, nothing too deep, nothing too long. We're not going to try and, you know, make every play a 40-yard play uh, kind of an offense. And so, if you're if you're Gilmer, you cannot you cannot continuously give Chapel Hill the ball. You you can't afford to do it, and and you're not going to get into a shootout with them. You're going to have to stay ahead of the change. You're going to have to um, 
keep your offense on the field a little bit, you yeah. know, and, and be strategic in the way you do it. And you're if you're the Gilmer defense, you're gonna have to make some stops at some point. You can't let those guys continuously get behind you. You can't buy every time they run the little touch pass, uh, the jet touch pass across the, the front of your face. You're going to have to watch that and, and not bite too early on it. You're going to have to seal off the edge. Uh, make them do things that they don't want to do. Yeah. Chuck Little doesn't want to play between the tackles. Right. Uh, they they want to play to your edges. They want to soften up that middle so that they can run things deep. They, they want to do all of that, so you're going to have to keep them contained. And so, you you know, you're going to have to play off the middle some, and you don't want to. Right, and this is not a game where, you you know, you will say, you know, your your linebacker's going to stay be on watch or your corner safeties. This is a game where the whole defense is going to have to be on watch because what we've seen against Pittsburgh is, is something that, the def- all the whole defense had to work. It, it wasn't just you know linebackers. Oh, you got to keep your eyes open. Your eyes, you know. No, I'm talking from the defensive line, no tackle, defensive end to the to our linebackers, to corners and safeties had to play that whole scrimmage. You had to keep your eyes open as a defense. You have to you know play as a defense as a whole. And as a team, because if you don't, like you said, Chapel is going to get behind you, and they're going to score, you know, and and they do it rather quickly, and and it's not it's not like you know they're just going to drive the field on you know, they'll score on you quick, and they have the tools to do so. They they got the type of players that you know they can score in a play or two, and, and you know <laughs> yeah. that, that's just that's just the way that they're going to do it, and they're content to do it that way. You know that they, they, they don't have. They're fine with playing with that kind of of a philosophy. Yeah. You know, they're not real concerned with ending up the clock. They're not real concerned with we got to hold the ball because it, they're fine with just scoring on you and moving on and seeing what you're going to do about it. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that'll that'll be interesting just to kind of see how does Gilmore respond. What's Gilmore going to do on the the front lines there? Uh, we've already kind of touched on Timpson and Bechtel, and then you got Carthage versus Kibble. Carthage coming off. You know, that loss to China Springs in the playoffs, something they're not used to. Uh, and so, eager to see, what does Carthage do? That's a rivalry game. They don't like Kilgore. Kilgore doesn't like them. You know, how is all that going to play out? You know, they, they have some, some starters returning on both sides of the ball. So, you're going to have more experience there, more experience at the quarterback position. He's got another year under his belt. Especially, I mean, nobody in Texas – uh, develops a quarterback better than Coach Surratt. I mean, hands oh, yeah. he is the best quarterbacks coach in the state of Texas, bar none, and he's going to have that kid ready to play. I mean, that, there's no question. Uh, they're going to that Carthage squad is going to be ready. The question is, how are teams going to respond? You know, yeah. and, and I, I was telling uh, somebody this the other day, Carthage is the only team in Texas that can get beat out of the playoffs and people are still terrified to play. <laughs> yeah. Now, we still talk about them as if they're like, they just got beat, but hey, they're still Carthage. They're still Carthage. <laughs> they're still Carthage. Like, don't, they're still don't forget. Yeah. Like, yeah. But uh, you talk about, you know, Surratt being able to develop quarterbacks. Now, you remember before he was at Carthage, he was uh, uh, at Texas, Texas High, and he developed uh Ryan Mallett. Yeah, Ryan Mallett. Uh, I, I was a kid and used to go to those games and watch Ryan, uh, Ryan Mallett play. Um, 
And I knew nothing about Scott Ferrat. I was a kid, but I remember watching uh, uh, Ryan Mallett play in that Texas high football team. They were really good, uh, state ranked team. Uh, but you know, thinking back at that and looking at now, you know, holds true what you say. He, he knows how to develop a quarterback. Ryan Mallett was uh, a top ranked quarterback in high school, uh, college, then went on to the NFL. Uh, and played in Houston with the Patriots. Uh, he played under uh, Tom Brady for mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah, it's his backup. Yeah, and then uh, went on to Houston and you know, retired from there. Uh, I think he played some other some somewhere else too as well. I can't think of the he name. He kind of bounced around the NFL yeah. a little bit. Yeah, but, but I mean, still a premier quarterback. Yeah, you know? he was a respected quarterback. Yeah. And so you know you, you you're just wondering, okay, what's that going to look like coming out of the gate? How much you know? Uh, of a bad taste is kind of chatting in their mouth, uh, and and what's we're going to do to stop it? You know, what, what's that going to look like? So so excited there. So again, a full slate this week: Texas high school football. But one of the reasons that that Texas high school football is so revered is because of a, a book written in 1988 called Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Um, uh, a a uh, Book a documentary type book concerning mm-hmm. Odessa Permian. Yeah, man. Uh, and uh, Mojo. Mojo, you know, and, and that <laughs> set the stage. You know, there was a movie about it. There was a TV show about, it, and that set the stage. That from that point on, everybody in the country was on notice. That, yeah. Hey, there's something different about Texas high school football. I was on vacation. I, this was. A few years ago, I was I was on vacation in in uh, Tennessee. I'm sitting in a hot tub, right in Tennessee. I, I think I think I, that's where we were at, and uh, or we may be in Kentucky. Anyways, we were up north, so you know, kind of mid mid yeah. America, not not in Texas. And uh, I'm sitting in a hot tub, and I'm talking to this family, and they said, "Well, what do you do?" And I said, "Well, well, I pastor a church, and and I also uh, am a volunteer high school football coach." I said, "I help." coach football and they said let me ask you something and I said sure they said is it really like they say <laughs> and I said well what do you mean they said well we've seen the movie they're talking about Friday Night Lights they've yeah. seen the movie and they want to know is it really like that I said everywhere across Texas on any given Friday night that's exactly what yeah. it's like um, you know in, in Texas it, it's God guns and football and I mean that's that's just the way we do. You know, that's true. Don't touch God. Don't touch our guns. And don't dare diss our football. Yeah. Uh, and, and and that that opened up the door right for um, Dave Campbell. That opened up the door for or, well, I mean he was already around, but that really put him on the map with his coverage of football and his magazine. Uh, that opened up the door for guys like David Smoke and Greg Tepper and Matt Stepp and, and us. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't be able to, to, to really produce content that people care about if it wasn't that we lived in Texas and we're coming from a base where we've got something to talk about that people care about. But all of that got started because of Odessa Perban and one coach by the name of uh, Gary Gaines. Yeah. And uh, he... he I uh, was the head football coach at Odessa Perban for many, many years. Uh, did win a state title line in 1988, but the following year in 1989, I uh, did win a state title there. I think I was reading earlier that his 
record there at that point. That he had two stints there, and it, during that stint, he went forty-six and seven uh, at Odessa per man. Very revered uh, a coach, uh, person, student of football, but he passed away uh, yesterday. What well, uh, well, yesterday? Either yesterday or the day before. At, at the age of seventy-three, and we just wanted to you know take time to say, listen. It's because of guys like him that open up the doors for guys like us. Yeah. Um, and it's because of guys like him that there's a certain mystique about Texas high school football. It's because of guys like him that there are bars set that coaches like, um, you know, Dennis Alexander and and Scott Surratt and Jeff Trailer and uh, John King, that they're trying to reach for bars, you know, of, of, of these mystique yeah. uh, uh, coaches that were set because of guys like Coach Gary Gaines. And, yeah. and, and, and so we just wanted to take the time uh, to send out condolences to the family, yeah. uh, you know, thoughts and prayers there, and also just to reflect. Yeah, man. You know. I remember watching the movie Friday Night Lights. First time watching it was on our way to a playoff game, Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh playoff game. In fact, against Solana back in 2007. Oh, Lord. Yeah, and this is when we had Kendall Wright. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I believe under the head coaching of uh, Eddie Baca, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. And, but the first time I seen that movie was on my way to that game, and I mean, ever since then, and, and the irony in, the, in this is, you know, a couple of days before, you know, I seen the news about his passing, uh, Coach Gaines' passing, I had just watched Friday Night Lights. Oh, wow. Because uh, uh, before football season kicks off in Texas, I like to watch Friday Night Lights. Oh, yeah. Because it kind of gives my mind up, it gets me pumped up, and my blood going, because I'm like, man, this is it. We're about to, about to head into it. Go. Yeah. And especially even more this season, you know, because we... Uh, produce this show and, and I, I got to thinking you know just like you said man it's, it's because of movies and books and coaches and guys like him that we are able to do what we do right now uh, through this show because so many people in Texas can relate to what we're saying mm-hmm. regarding high school football and then there's people that aren't in Texas that want to know about it they want to hear yes yeah. and and hopefully man they, if you if you have an experience man if you're able to take a take a trip to Texas and, and catch a high school Friday night football game, man. I'm telling you, you will not regret it. The atmosphere is different, and, and, and it's true. When when your team is playing, everybody just last one out of town turn out the lights. Yeah, there's nobody there. Yeah, there's nobody there. They're going to be at that football stadium, and, and tomorrow I'll, I'll tell you tomorrow night. There's not going to be a soul in Pittsburgh. There's not going to be a soul in Pittsburgh. There's not going to be many people in Mount Pleasant. They're all going to be at the stadium. Tomorrow night, I will get chill bumps. My heart rate will increase. I will want so so badly to go rip a headset off of a coach's head, put it on, call a play. (laughs) And the reason is because that's what I was trained to do. I was raised up with that mystique of you get to coach a Friday night in Texas yeah. And, and, and just the the pride and the, the weight that comes with that knowing, hey, the happiness of this community or this town rests on whether we win tonight. <laughs> and, and, and there's just something special yeah. about that. But that was made possible because of guys like Coach Gaines who brought in people and said, hey, we're going to put a spotlight on Texas right. and, and we're going to show that this is something different. This is something yeah. serious. And he, the guy that wrote the book, whose name I can't think of, um, 
right now, but you know, he was. I think he came from all the way from Pennsylvania, all the way to Texas, mm-hmm. to get this. And you know, Coach Gaines, you know, he allowed him to document and follow his team, and to be able to write and document these things, and to make a book out of it, and then a movie to follow. I mean, you you just you you help he helped trailblaze a lot of what's going on in Texas, media wise and high school football, and uh, movie wise. You know, there's also a show. Uh, a series out there uh, called Friday Night Lights. So not as good as the movie. Yeah, it's not. But, yeah, but I mean, stuff like that. You know, you you get to have because of people like him who who help trailblaze that and start that. So yeah, like Riley said, man, we want to pay, pay uh, tribute and give our condolences to his family. And uh, but Buzz Bissinger was the guy. Who wrote okay. The, Buzz. I want to give a shout out to him, Buzz Bissinger. Yeah. If we if you hear this and we're mispronouncing your name, we're sorry. <laughs> but we just wanted to give a yeah. shout out. But man, condolences to his family and those you know friends as well, people who knew him. And um, the 1988 team uh, that made this should have won state. They should have won state and made this all to a, a team that uh, was ineligible. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Dallas Carter. Yeah, that's all. They have a movie out about them too called Carter that's High. A whole and different. It's uh, yeah. But anyways, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, you, man, you know his that team and you know players and coaching staff. You know, I, I, I imagine he was a pretty outstanding guy and man. Yeah. Every every account of him is that yeah. Yeah. So let's before we move on, let's just kind of take a pause here. Yeah. Go from there. Right. Well, we wanted to, you know, be sure and pay homage and uh, again, thoughts and prayers for the family. Yeah. So, next item. Our section that we like to cover here. Yeah. Uh, and, and guys, hang with us. We're, we're learning how to produce a show, so I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to, yeah. to put it together. Yeah. Uh, but but we kind of cover things in sections because it helps us. Uh, if you have thoughts and ways we can improve that, give us a shout out. You know, help us out here. Um, but going on to college, not a lot, but a couple things. Uh, the first one, and you're a Texas guy and didn't even know this. Quinn Ewers. Now, I want, I've got to hold up another thing I want to bring up about that then. <laughs> oh, Quinn Ewers was named the starting quarterback at Texas. Now, there, there's a couple things I find interesting about this. One, is this a... Under what pretense? Now, I, I was reading an article, um, and I want, to, I want to be sure and quote correctly here where uh, this was in Sports Illustrated an article in Sports Illustrated about the press conference with uh, Coach Steve Sarkeesian and he said he feels confident in the team's offense being able to improve as the redshirt freshman himself grows in the starting role Um, Quinn can make all the throws I feel very comfortable about that I feel very comfortable about his playmaking ability I feel like his growth in the system is one where we can really see where he's going to head under him, and I'm excited about it. 
But, okay, the question I would have had if I was one of those reporters is, was this a one-year deal? Like, what have you told him? You know, Arch Manning, he's a senior. So what are you going to do if Quinn Ewers likes it, which I don't want to get. I mean, he still has to play Alabama. He still has to play some very good football team. Yeah. But if you're Quinn Ewers and you light the world on fire, I mean, what kind of a PR nightmare is Texas setting themselves up for? Man, you – well, okay, great question. Fair question. Because uh, you got to remember, Quinn Ewers <laughs> – just a little backstory, because okay, okay, yeah, okay, a little backstory. Because here's my point: with all this, Quinn Ewers was a starting quarterback at South Lake Carroll, coming off a state year with a chance to win another. Yeah, and he walks away from his team as a senior and says, "I'm not going to play football here. I'm going to Ohio State. They promised me all this NIL money, um, you know, and everything." And then, he doesn't play a down of football for Ohio State. Not only does he not play a down of football, they recruit guys ahead of him. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're coming to Texas, you're back in Texas, and I would think it's fair to say nobody in South Lake Carroll will be attending UT football games. But... His parents might. Well, his parents. His parents will, but I'm saying like the rest of the town's probably not. No, they still want to state championship without him, but I mean, they're probably not going to happen. Um, but I, I just, I, I would like to know some of the conversation. I, I just don't, I don't understand that situation. I don't understand if you're going to do that to, to Quinniards, you're going to bring him in. He's already experienced that. Then why is it that it, it didn't take him a month yeah. and they're saying Arch Manning's going to be the quarterback in the future? Well, I wonder if this is Sarkeesian saying, you know, I want Quinniards to be my starting quarterback you know, this season and possibly next season, so on and so forth to, you know, if if and when he enters the draft uh, and gets drafted. And then, during that time, develop Arch Manning, you know, as a quarterback, a better quarterback. Or is it to, is to say, you know, because you got to remember, Quinn Ewers was the number one quarterback coming out of, the, of high school and at that time. And so, you... Uh, you ask that question, you know, do I want him to start, you know, the remainder of his college career or and develop Arch Manning, or am I setting up for Arch Manning to be my starting quarterback? Because that is a question, that is something you have to think about. Arch Manning is coming in, not just off of his name, but he's coming in as, uh, as a top quarterback as well. A top quarterback that's been looked at by Alabama, Georgia, LSU, uh, many other colleges. Uh, D1, top SEC school. So you, you, you're asking yourself, why would that, why would why would you put yourself in that position? I, I don't know. And, and the whole Arch Manning thing, this is why I don't buy into the whole he's going to UT. He hasn't signed any papers. Like, he came out and said, that's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. That's a verbal commitment. How many times through the years have we seen guys say, I'm going here, and then you look them up and they're not playing. Like you, you're going yeah. to the game you're going to wait. Oh, someone's going to play for them. No, he, he backed out quietly. Arch Manning's not going to do anything quietly because he's a Manning. I mean, and it's not going to be his fault, but I mean, he's not covered that much. It just is what it is. Yeah. But having said that, 
just everybody gets all oh we're getting our twin are you really or is she saying I'll go there but I'm gonna wait cause how are you gonna okay let's say Quinn Ewers goes out there and he lights the world on fire he has a good year they win the big 12 they're in the conversation possible if you win the big 12 you're gonna be in the conversation for the playoffs right so you're in that conversation and I don't know that they're gonna win the big 12 you still have Baylor um, you still have I'm, I'm interested to see what Oklahoma's gonna do now with a defensive minded head coach you know, you, you, Oklahoma State's going to be in the mix. You're going to yeah. have... Oklahoma State's another team, right? This Big 12's going to be a competitive uh, division there, conference. But, let's say that you're Quinn Ewers, right? Mm-hmm. You go light the world on fire. You already transferred one time. Are, are, is Sarkeesian willing to go in and say, you're not going to be the starting quarterback? Because I don't think you don't bring in Arch Manning to sit. Like, I, who in the country is going to sit that kid? Unless he just comes in and bombs it in spring practice for you, you're not going to bitch him. You, you, you're yeah. not. You're bringing him in to be your starting quarterback. Even at Alabama, I mean, he was. If he goes to Alabama, Bryce Young's going to the NFL draft. Nick Saban's bringing him in to be the starting quarterback at Alabama. The same thing, you know, is is the thought process in Georgia. Uh, the same thought process at Ole Miss. I mean, these these other schools were bringing him under the plan that you will be the starting quarterback. Yeah. So I, I just don't understand from Texas how can you botch such a great thing. I, I just don't understand. It might work out, but it seems to me that they have taken a great thing and put themselves in a very bad position. Texas, even as, you know, of course, as you, you know, it's my favorite team, but I will say Texas have put themselves in, in a position, and it's kind of an awkward, and it's a very awkward position. Because now, like you said, it opens up questions, so many questions. You know, why in the world would you go and get Quinn Ewers or have him come there, and you get you, you got him now, and then you go out and you recruit Arch Manning? Uh, Did you not think you were getting Arch? Like that, that's my well, well, that's a good question. Because it's sort of like you throw your cards out there just to see if, you know, he may he you know, pick one up. But if that's what happened, then now you stuck. Now you're in a position, okay, now I gotta make a decision. Yeah. Do I take this kid who just transferred from Ohio State after getting messed up? Yeah. Do I tell him okay now you are started this year, but we have another guy coming in who's also top recruit, uh, and you have to fight for your job once again. <laughs> you know, you have to fight for your position once again. So, so looking at the schedule, just from your standpoint, he opens up against uh, Louisiana Monroe in UT. That I mean, I mean, if you can't beat them, you're, you're in for a long year if you're Texas. <laughs> But then the second game, he goes and he has the number one team in the country, Alabama, coming yeah. into Austin. Oof. Yeah, man. Not, not good. Then you get to play UTSA. You should beat them. Uh, and, but I also understand the scheduling you know, for, for Coach Trailer. I mean, he, he actually had a nationally ranked 
school that was not in one of the major conferences yeah. uh, for the first time in that school's history, so I understand why he would do that. you got Texas Tech. That's probably just going to be an offensive game. You should be able to win that one. Yeah. All right, so just picking up where we left off, because uh, we had some technical difficulties, but we're still working on production, folks, so just bear with us. Um, okay. All right. So we are. We're all. All right, so are we recording? Yeah, we're <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, still working on production and things like that. Uh, we had some technical difficulties, but we're back up and running. So just back to the Quinn Ewers thing. Is is the Oklahoma game the test? Like, okay, I know <laughs> they're moving to, to the SEC. In a week. Alabama should donkey stomp them. I mean, you know, you hope for a competitive game, but, I mean, nobody in the country is going to be surprised if Alabama comes in there and just takes it to them. But is Oklahoma the test? I mean, if he wins that one, you're setting yourself up to win the Big 12 as long as you can then turn around and beat Baylor later on in the year. Uh, And then, of course, you you will have Oklahoma State in the mix there. But that's going to be a big test, you know, against the, the, the Red River shootout there. Rivalry with with Oklahoma, I, I just I, I don't know. Well, we'll, well, this is going to be a discussion point throughout the year. Yeah, because you're going to have to watch how does Arch Manning do this year, uh, his senior year in high school. How does Quinn Ewers do? What is all this going to look like? I, I just if if I'm a UT fan, I'm putting it to you this way. I'm not sitting there going, we got Arch Manning. You might not. Like you've got him for now. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the yeah. thing, you know. We don't we don't even know what the NIL side of this. You, you just don't know. You, you you got him for now. I'll put it that way. You got yeah. him for now. Well, I hope we get him. You know, I hope he stays with Texas. And but then if your Quinn Ewers walk out, like I. But okay. But the thing is with Quinn Ewers, Quinn Ewers may be. Who's to say? Who's to say? Because we don't know what Sarkeesian's plan is as of right now. Mm-hmm. Sarkeesian's plan could be, you know, Quinn Ewers does well, uh, great at quarterback, rather, uh, this first season. He could say, well, I want to see more. I want more of this. I want to lock this kid in for another season. Um, that's going to be boring on uh, Arch Manning. If, you know, if he still decides to come, I hope he does. That's going to be him saying, well, if that's going to happen, I'm going to have to bite the bullet and redshirt Arch Manning. That, that's not going to happen. But, I'm, but that's what I'm saying. If I, I just think that if you're – I think you're putting Sarkeesian on a lose-lose. He's either the guy who has to tell Quinn Ewers after a good year, you got to go, or he's the guy who told Arch Manning, you're not going to start and cause him not to come to UT. Like, I, no. I just – the logistics of the way that the whole thing went down, because it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't a month after Quinn Ewers came to Texas. Yeah. And what is it about Quinn Ewers that people don't like? Like, I understand he's the starter now, but then what is it about him that would make you go ask, hey, Arch, you want to come play? (laughs) Like, you don't go into that living room meeting thinking Arch Manning's not going to start his freshman year. I think... Texas wanted to make a statement when going after Arch Manning. 
because you know they're heading like we talked about. They're heading up going into the NS, uh, the S, the SEC. They wanted to make a statement that we can get top guys just like you can. But if that, okay, okay, and I, I agree. I think that's what it was about. But if you're arguing and you're sitting on the couch on September the, I think it's the tenth or whatever, and you're sitting on the couch watching college game day. And UT's down by 30 <laughs> against Alabama at halftime. <laughs> like, do you not look around? I don't know if I want to play those guys every week. Like, you know, yeah. You know, I, I just, I, I, it shocked me. Why, if you're going to make a push for Arch, I think the pressure was on. It, it, it very well may, and, and nobody will ever tell this, but a lot of times it's like, hey, we got you a meeting. Like don't expect anything, but you got a meeting. Yeah, you're not gonna turn. You're not gonna be the guy who didn't go talk to Arch Manning. So you go and you have a meeting, and then you leave that meeting. You go, wait, we might have a shot, but you've already done other things. You've already brought in Quinn Ewers. You've already committed to go to the SEC. <laughs> so then it's like, oh, now what do we do? Oh crap! You know what? Now what? Texas has a lot of boots, not a, not big boots, not one set of boots, but a lot of boots to fill. Because without okay, the quarterback situation, the SEC situation, I believe that they would not go ahead because Arch Manning isn't the only player that they went out and recruited. Quinn Ewers isn't either. They they have top defensive linemen, top uh, running backs, and so it's not. It's not like Texas is setting themselves up to lose. It's just because they they're setting themselves up to be able to win at a certain. But it's about at what level, because they may be setting themselves up to win at this Big Twelve level. But are they setting themselves up properly uh, to win at the SEC level? Because as we know, the SEC that's a whole different level, but it's also a different mentality. Uh, these are bigger schools, top more better recruits, top recruits. Texas is my team, but I want to know, are you really and truly setting up your players to be able to head off against Alabama, uh, Ole Miss, Georgia, you Florida. Know, te- yeah, Florida, and teams like this? LSU. Yeah. Because, every week. Yeah. Every, they, this <laughs> ain't, every week. Yeah, you, you don't get a trip outside the bracket, you know, just to take a break. No, you have to go, you have to play these guys every week. And so it's not like, you know, we're looking at uh, – Oh, like playing TCU. Not to say TCU's a bad school. TCU's a great school with a great team. <clears throat> but it's not like you're going to go and, and, and it's not, it's not going to be like the usual uh, TCU or Baylor or Oklahoma matchup. Well, Oklahoma will be in the SEC as well. but Or uh, let's just say Oklahoma State matchup. This is going to be different. This is going to be a lot uh, more hard-nosed. So you, they're going to have to look at this. You know? Sarkeesian, are you, are, are you really ready to... Uh, you know, strap up your boots. Well, well Sark knows what the answer. You know, he's spending years well, yeah, there you go. in Alabama. I mean, so he's got to be looking around going, All right, guys, um, I don't think you understand. I would like to know what spring football training and all this so up to now have has looked like as far as mentality. Because he has to prepare that team. Yeah, he has to prepare that his guys for that, especially the ones that's going to be there two years from now when they head into it. When they... The, so, the juniors and seniors of the team. I, you know, just a lot there. 
Yeah. And, I, and I'm interested to see. But the other part of this that was interesting to me, you're a Texas guy. You didn't even know, right? Yeah. That they named Quinn Ears the starting quarterback. There's a lot of people didn't even know. I mean, yes, it made uh, media day and and Sports Illustrated got the Pete's. But my point is, it wasn't like this big thing. No. It was a big thing when they said we got, got Arch, Arch Manning. Manning. yeah. So it's kind of still, again, a slap in the face to Quinn Ewers. Do you not want this guy? Like, it came, was this a one-year deal? Listen, it came across Bleach Report. I get Bleacher Report daily. I mean, every on every hour. It came across on Bleacher Report when they got Arch Manning. It didn't come across the Bleacher Report when they got, you know, when... Yeah, uh, when Quinn Hughes was named starter. So, this- so, again, the question is, what is the cover? And we're not going to know. But what's the conversation like behind closed doors? And I really don't think you're going to see a resolution to anything until after the end of the year. Yeah. And you're going to have to wait and see how does Arch Manning look in his senior year of high school? How does Quinn Ewers look against some of these better schools? Do they win the Big 12? Are they in the conversation for the Final Four? You know, uh, all of those things, and then what kind of a quarterback do you want kind of setting the tone as you get ready to go to the SEC? Yeah. What's the mindset and, and, and the thought process? So, so something to just kind of keep uh, an eye on, something we're going to be talking about almost every week probably. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it, yeah. because it's going to be on the forefront of, of a lot of things. The other uh, news, hadn't been a lot in college. The other news, though, was that uh, Nick Saban got another extension. He'll be – in Tuscaloosa, at least, at least through 2029, if he so chooses to be. Uh, he's in his 70s. Like, you know, but, hey, when you're king, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know, you, you just – you don't know what else to do, so you're going to win a national championship. I can't think of anybody that will come behind him. Like, I, think he's I, I found it interesting, though, that after the extension, Deion Sanders is throwing out the verbal bouquets like there's no tomorrow. He, they asked him that. He said, "Oh, he's such a great coach. I learned so much from him at the athlete commercial. That's not what you said like three months ago when you were like called me. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> when y'all were throwing barbs at each other, Jimbo Fisher's backing off all of yeah. a sudden. Like, oh, we didn't really. Well, it's, it's just a, too competitive, guys. No, you said it's a, it's you a, said dig up that guy's bones. Well, it's a, it's coach, a, it's a fresh, a fresh." Set of respect right now. Yeah, they're looking it's at that calendar. Not, not newfound respect. It's a fresh set. Oh, yeah. It's fresh set. Because the respect was always there, but they were given a hiccup. <laughs> it it kind of lost respect, but now it's a newfound or uh, uh, fresh respect for them. Well, well, if you're, okay, if you're Jimbo, you're looking at the calendar going, okay, here in X amount of days, I got to go into Tuscaloosa. Do I really want him to be real bad? No, I don't think so. Oh, he's a great coach. Great coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, working with him. And then if you're Deion Sanders, you're looking going, okay, if I'm ever going to play against the big boys, I can't have him mad. Yeah. So, so on the other hand, you know, I take back everything I say. I like those athletic commercials. Like, <laughs> that's fun. You know, so a, a lot there. And it's not big news. I mean, it's not like anybody expected Nick Saban to go anywhere. Um, you know, he'll, he'll be at Alabama until he drops dead. Uh, you know, and he's going to win consistently. That's just who he is and, and the type of program that he runs. But I, I did think that that was something worth kind of mentioning. That, hey, Nick Saban, there till 20, uh, 29, and yes, he's waiting on UT. <laughs> uh, he'll be there. Don't remind me. <laughs> on the NFL side, we haven't done a show 
since Deshaun Watson's suspension came out, they came they came to an agreement. Uh, Eleven games. I think it was a five million dollar fine. Yeah. Treatment program. Where was this? In the, like, at what point? So, so it was out there that that twelve games had been offered at one point. I think it was twelve million, uh, twelve games, three million dollar fine, and the treatment. Mm-hmm. He said no. They go through this whole deal, and then they still wind up at eleven games, five million dollars, and the treatment program. At what point in Deshaun Watson's camp did they look around and go? Who told them that the appeal that the NFL made, that the former attorney general was like, who told them that that's not going to go your way? Because there had to be something in there. There, there, And this is the whole deal. I don't care what happens. I don't care if Deshaun Watson comes back and the Browns win a Super Bowl. There will always be asterisks by all of this. All the success, Mm -hmm. because it's going to be, well, yeah, but you did that with a criminal. There will always, because I don't care, I know he wasn't, he's a criminal. He did things that were illegal. He did things that, I I agree, they were predatory in behavior. Uh, He should have gone to prison, bar none. And and they keep throwing out, you know, um, the Greg Hardy situation. Greg Hardy should have gone to prison. They throw out the Ben Roethlisberger situation. If, if, if Big Ben is not in Pittsburgh, he goes to prison. And, I mean, it's just that's mm-hmm. the, the – so don't don't fall back and say, well, those guys, those guys didn't get treated the way they should have either. Yeah. Now, I understand. If that, if that grand jury was not in Harris County, if they don't hold it there and they try in some of the county, he goes to trial and he goes to prison. And why in the world did the NFL lump it all together? We're not going to treat four separate events. We're just going to take four, lump it all together, and here's your 11-game suspension. He should have four separate 11-game suspensions. Hmm. Who, I mean, what in the world? Who is the NFL co- I'm sorry. I'm going on a little bit of a rant out here. Who is the NFL covering for? What is this about? Is this just about the bottom line? If so, just come out and say it. Why, why wait this long? Why drag this out? Why would you ever have this hanging over the head of the NFL? I mean, it just, it's overshadowed everything. This is ridiculous. Yeah. It, it was, a, I think it's a case where. They wanted it over sooner than it started. Oh, uh, yeah. Because, I mean, you look at it, it's just like everything you said. You know, who's in, who's in where? Who's... We don't know. And with, the, with this suspension, Deshaun Watson and his team, they're going to have to take their losses. 11 games, I didn't even see 11. I didn't even see it, you know, being 11 games. I thought they were just going to say, all right, stick with the six. But when, you know, 11 games was brought up and this is what he's going to get. And he took the deal. So somebody had to have leaked that, hey, the guy who's hearing or going over the appeal is going to give you more. Oddly enough, I feel as now they knew that it was going to be around there. Yeah. Because they didn't fight back. His team never fought back and said, we're going to, you know, I, I think they knew that it was going to be this. I mean, now. And the commissioner wants him out of football. Yeah. I mean, that's clear. 
The commissioner wants him out of football. Well, as much but put him on the commissioner's exempt list. If you want him out of football, then do that. Yeah, but he took his hand out of it. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I. I but okay, so uh, Roger Goodell took his hand off of the case. He did that because of Jerry Jones. Yeah. Because of the Ezekiel Elliott thing, I understand. But do you think the Browns, anybody would have came at him that way? Because, okay, so there was at least somewhat of an evidence against Deshaun Watson. Oh, yeah. There was, and there, there was evidence that got covered up that we'll never know about. Yeah. But there was no evidence other than Ezekiel Elliott was being set up and the case was yeah. closed. Mm-hmm. That was that's why Goodell was wrong with Elliot. Yeah, Jerry Jones was right. But what I'm saying is, because of the processes that they took due to that situation, that's why we are where we are with Deshaun Watson. But I think that the Browns knew that the commissioner was not going to get involved. Yeah, the Browns know a lot more than what we expected oh, to know. But okay, here's the other thing, and we're going to talk about Tom Brady here in a minute. What about Miami? What did they know or not know? What did Cleveland know that Miami didn't know that made Miami go, yep, wiping our hands, he's not coming here. And did you know that before or after you decided to tamper with Tom Brady? Hmm. Like, what's going on here? (laughs) Okay, this topic (laughs) perplexes me. Because nobody is asking the right questions. There's a lot of sealed and documents, everybody man. Everybody refuses lot, to get the answer. There's a lot of sealed documents, man, that we won't ever get our hands on. Nobody will ever get their hands on. A lot of questions and a lot of answers. But I say, right, as of right now, where it stands, 11 games, that's more than fair. Uh, that's, that's 80% or nearly 80% of the, uh, of the season right there. He may even come back if he even comes back and starts the last six games of the season. He probably won't. Uh, but, okay, then why Then why get him? If, if I understand his contract, the way they did it, they, they clearly thought he was going to be out all year. I understand that. That's yeah. why he's only getting paid a million dollars so that he wouldn't lose anything. I understand. But why put yourself, if you're the Browns, you were in win now. You If you just run the football, <laughs> you I mean, just run the ball. Because I told you, the Browns have already, they've geared up to change their offense. And they went out there to get a quarterback who could help move that along. They didn't see, they didn't think or believe that, regardless of what they told them at first, they didn't believe that Baker Mayfield was that guy. And the only person out there that was fitting enough was Deshaun Watson, barring anybody else. They could have went and got Garoppolo. They could have went after him. But really, which, uh, I think the, the the Browns are looking for athleticism and the ability to be able to uh, stretch the field. And, and to and to be able to do that, you got to have a quarterback good enough. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo isn't athletic enough to be able to do that. He's a game manager. He's almost just the same as Baker Mayfield. He's a little less athletic. Yeah. I mean, like, he, he's a lesser... Ver- see, see, that's the problem. Okay, if you're if you're Jimmy Haslam and you go get Baker Mayfield, I mean uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, then what you're really saying is I, I I I messed this one up. Yeah, like I made a terrible decision because now I'm going to get a lesser version of the guy that I already had. <laughs> and the only upside to Jimmy G is he's on a one year deal, like. You don't have to explain that to him, Mike. He does like everybody comes in knowing he's playing for his next team to pay him 
Yeah. You just want to be respectable, maybe win a playoff game, mm-hmm. you know, and see what happens. But if you're not going to play Deshaun Watson on the back half, then what was the point? Why not just let him squander away in Houston? Because he wasn't going to play for them. Like, he, that's the deal. Let him sit out for another year. It is what it is. If, if he's going to sit out a year for you anyways, let him sit out a year somewhere else. And then go back to the table and say, do we really want Deshaun Watson? Yeah. What are we getting? Well, I think why the Browns are tripping about this is because they're probably looking at, most likely looking at the long term. You know, you, you get this season. You get what you can out of this season. They could be. I'm not saying they're going to tank this season. But you get what you can get out of this season. Uh, with Jacoby Brissett, and then or whoever may start, but and then when Deshaun Watson is cleared to play again, even you may start him, or uh, you wait till next season. There you go. You have your quarterback that you wanted, and with receivers like bringing in uh, receivers like Amari Cooper, um, receivers like that, man, you don't run the ball. I mean. You do, but to an ex- you run a percentage of the time. Uh, but you got to get those receivers the ball. But but can Jacoby receive? I mean, that's my point. I mean, who do you have? That's why I mean, for eleven games. I mean, okay, so let's just look at their schedule. Okay, first eleven games. Yeah, you open the the uh, season in Carolina against the Panthers. Then you've got um. New York Jets coming to town. You're gonna win that ball game. Zach Wilson's out. You're gonna win that ball game. You've got Pittsburgh coming to Cleveland. Probably gonna win that one. I don't know. I mean, Kenny Pickett's played pretty well. Yeah. That's that's a toss up game. Uh, you've got Atlanta and Atlanta. You're you're probably gonna win that one. You've got. San Diego coming to Cleveland, probably not going to win that one. San Diego looks pretty good. I'm mean, not San, Los Angeles now, the Chargers. Sorry. I still think that they are in San Diego. I don't, belong. I don't think they look good. Did you see what the Cowboys did too? Yeah, but that was why uh, Herbert didn't play in that ball game. Yeah. All right. um, I, I, I don't think they're as bad as they looked. Okay. I, I, I'll put it that way. That wasn't their starters either, so. Yeah, I. I We'll talk about the Cowboys here in a minute. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that the Cowboys are as good as they look either. We'll talk about that. Um, then you've got New England coming to town. Probably going to lose to that, that bunch. You've got Baltimore and Baltimore. Probably not going to win that ball game. <laughs> you got Cincinnati coming to town. Probably not winning that this ball game. This is bad. <laughs> so my point is... With Jacoby Brissett, you're not winning very many games. So, so Deshaun Watson comes back for what? Like, just to get you to as close to 500 as can be? I mean, I, I don't understand the thought process from a football perspective, and I really don't understand it from a PR perspective. Because you're taking the heat for, a guy, for having a guy who can't even play for you this year. Mm-hmm. And you're going through absolute murderer's row every time you step in front of a camera. Like I said, I, I don't think the Browns too much care. I don't, I don't think they care. <laughs> They're madmen, man. 
I don't because know. every time you lose a game, well, you wouldn't have lost if Deshaun Watson was yeah. playing. But that's okay. <laughs> you so wouldn't that, have lost yeah. if Baker Mayfield was so starting cornerback. That's the thing. I don't think. I don't think they care because if they had, they wouldn't have followed through with getting him. Because they knew what was on the table when they took that step out. Said so we're going to go after Deshaun Watson. Well, this guy he has sexual assault charges. We're going to go after Deshaun Watson because they're looking at. We know what's in front of us. We know what's on the table. We know what to expect. We know what's going to happen. But we're trying to change the the uh, DNA of our team. We're trying to change how people see us. We're trying to go from look being a dominant. Running team. Now we're trying to air it out. We're trying to be. Uh, we're trying to move on. We're trying to progress here. So, and the only person out there that could have done that, and that guy is Deshaun Watson. Regardless of what they 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 weathered the storm. They got their guy. Okay, let me. Because here's something else somebody's thinking about. They only took four cases to the grand jury. Mm-hmm. There were thirty other women they had suppressed. By the Houston Texans. Yeah. What if one of those 30, okay, has hard concrete criminal evidence See? and pops up and then they say, you know what, I wanna I wanna take this personally to the grand jury. I wanna <laughs> press charges. Then what? Okay. I, 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 but, okay. but then my question anybody my question this guy. Because but but then my question is will be then that happened. Why did that happen? Why didn't that happen at first? Because the uh, according to everybody that was behind the scenes on that deal, I mean, the Houston Texans went to great lengths to see keep people. It's, it, it, you the, dig yourself the, into a bigger the, hole. It's a bigger the, mess. The, the man. Texans should be severely penalized. Yes, it's a bigger mess. I don't understand how Miami's owner gets more penalized than. That's my coffee machine going off. Oh. I don't, I don't, I don't see how Miami gets a bigger penalty for tampering with Tom Brady than the Houston Texans do for tampering with women who, you know, have criminal charges. Yes, like, like especially stuff like sexual assault. Sexual assault. I, I, you again, don't. It's a PR nightmare. But yeah. I, I just I, and listen. I hope he gets help. I really do. I hope he goes through the process. I'm all about people make mistakes. People, he probably shouldn't be playing football. I, 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 I said I'm that's sorry. the least of his worries. Like, like, why are you even just go get help? And then if after you do this, you look around and say, okay, I'm in a healthy place. I'm I'm to where I feel like I can maybe come back and play. Do that. I say take, but don't continue and don't do this fake. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Oh well, now I'm sorry. No, you're just sorry because you know that you should have gotten more than eleven games. Yeah. Well, I I say after the eleven game suspension, don't play him at all. Make him take this season. Period. Don't play him. Take a break. Get the treatment, and then possibly let's talk about you coming back uh, next year and starting and going from there. But yes, go go get that help. Go be mentally stable enough to be able to play. I, that's why I didn't understand why Goodell didn't just put him on the commissioner's exempt list. Just do that and go from there. I, it just yeah. It, it, like I said, there's questions and there's answers and sealed documents that we will never get our hands on and never get answers to. And I'm sure we'll we'll talk about this again because something's bound to break in the season. I just have a feeling. 
something's going to happen. Yeah. And this story's not over with. Another thing, Tom Brady. So the guy goes missing for like 10 days. <laughs> Two weeks. Nobody knows where in the world he's at. There's talk that he was you know, auditioning for the, or, or not auditioning, but part of the masked singer. You know, that he was he was going to be the masked singer because of his deal with Fox, that that was part of the contract. Pause. You telling me that this, so there's talk that this man took two weeks off from his job to go and audition to be a, for singing? So, okay. And he came out and denied this. He says this isn't true, but then there's a leaked video that makes it seem like it could be. So here's the deal. And here's, here's why Tom Brady never should have come back. Tom Brady signed that, I mean, big deal with Fox. Yeah. There was more to that than you're just going to be an analyst. So there's things in that contract. He's going to be on other shows for the network. Like, nobody should be surprised if he shows up on America's Got Talent as a guest judge. Nobody should be surprised if he makes cameo appearances on just different shows and pops up and he's in all these commercials and he's at all these events. When guys like that sign contracts that large, they're not just getting it. They're an ambassador for that network. Yeah. So so what has possibly, what, what people are speculating could have happened, that he signed that and part of it was you're going to be on this show at this date. So that he, apparently this was an agreed upon thing that, you know, supposedly Tampa Bay knew, but the question is, okay, if you knew them, why didn't you know when he was coming back? And nobody knows what personal reasons mean. I mean, everybody said it, it wasn't health related, his family's okay, his marriage is okay. Nobody really knows. I, I, I think part of it, I'll be honest, is he looked around at Tampa Bay and goes, that guy's hurt, that guy's hurt, Gronk's not here, what am I doing? Like, are we really that competitive? You still have New Orleans. You still have Los Angeles. You still have all of these really good teams in the NFC. You had to look around and go, wait, do I really want to play? Like, am I sure? I I, I think for the first time in his career, Tom Brady is questioning whether he wants to play football. I understand since he's come back, you know, they talk about the intensities there and all that. But this is the first time that we've ever, when it, I mean, I, not in my lifetime, have we ever questioned, does Tom Brady want to play football? Yeah. But I, now we kind of do. I'm I, mean, with, I mean, I'm with you. I, I believe Tom should just stay retired. He should have never, you know... Regardless if you know you felt pressured by media and whoever else, you were tired. You made that decision. Something in him said, "I'm ready." Yeah, so I'm it's, oh, it's time. I don't yeah. want to play football. And it could be you're looking at you're looking at a banged up Tampa Tampa Bay. You know your receivers are banged up. Gronk's retired, gone on about his life. Uh, your defense is banged up too. I mean, you don't. It's it's a it's almost a crippled Tampa Bay right now, and so with Tom Brady, you know, him being the quarterback and the guy that he is, everybody expects greatness. And if he's looking around and saying, and and saying, okay, I don't have 
a stable enough team or stable enough uh, coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Why in the world do I stay here? But you got Bruce Arians fired. Well, I mean, they didn't fire him. But, but he he didn't want Arians to be the coach. Yeah. So why? Like, why do that well, to the organization? I, yeah. Like, I, I, I'm afraid that this year is going to tarnish the legacy of Tom Brady. That this is going to be the first time that... I mean, yeah, you've got all the other stuff. The deflate gate, you've got that. But nobody's ever really tarnished him. But he may do it himself. He should have. I don't. I don't see the reason of holding on. But you're not winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. That's not a Super Bowl team. No. Sorry. Not anymore, at least. Uh, it was. I, I don't know that it was. Anyways, I mean, clearly the best team in the division is the Rams until somebody knocks them off. Yeah. But I I, I look at it like this. Tom Brady, man, has had a great career. He has how many rings? Super Bowl, eight, seven, eight, something like that. More than everybody else. Yeah. (laughs) And so, he's had a great career. He had a great run. Like I said, I believe something in him told him to retire in the first place. Whatever it was that told him to keep going, hopefully it was for a good reason. But, I mean. Well, guys like Kim just don't know how to retire. But, I mean, what are you getting out of it at this point? Just the competitive, but that's why I think he signed that big deal with Fox. Well, go do Fox because and the important thing about the Fox deal is he's not going to be a studio analyst. He's going to be the number one guy in the booth for the games. Yeah, and that's something else. So part of the reason that Drew Brees didn't work out as a report as a as a media guy, a sportscaster, is that he wanted to do games. He didn't want to be a studio analyst. He wanted the excitement of being at the stadium, being a part of the big moments. He wanted all that. He didn't get it. So if you're Tom Brady, you still got to get that fix on Sundays. And the way you do that is you still show up to the games. You still prepare. You still do all the stuff. He's going to – I if he will open up and be the Tom Brady that he's been the last couple of years where he talked, mm-hmm. he's going to be excellent at that job. Why not just go ahead and start? You're making more money. You're going to make more money at that job than you ever did as a football player. Yeah, I, I there's just a lot there, and I I'm I'm just I just hope for his sake um, that he doesn't do anything to tarnish what has been a Hall of Fame career. Uh, just just a lot of questions. Other news in the NFL: Lamar Jackson got an extension, hey. or, or or he's talk not is getting an extension. Yeah. He's in talks for an extension. There's Kyler Murray type money. First of all, Kyler Murray wasn't worth what they're paying him. He hadn't proven himself. The kid's a good athlete. He hadn't proven himself. Neither is – what has Lamar Jackson done? Why are we so eager to make Lamar Jackson a great quarterback? What has he done? He Take hasn't out. won anything big. Uh, he, no. He's an incredible athlete. Yeah. He's not a top-tier quarterback right now. I think some of these contracts are being, named, are being given based off of – Fan bases, not not because I mean because you look at Lamar Jackson has an incredible fan base. Kyler Murray has an incredible fan base, but if you look at it, their playing style doesn't tell you okay that guy deserves that kind of money. Well, Especially with Lamar Jackson, the, you don't want to be the GM that let Lamar Jackson walk, and you don't want to be the GM that let Kyler Murray walk. You just don't. But at the same time, 
It's a popularity Why show. Why does man. everybody have to get a big... Co- like, I'm running for some GM to look these guys in the face and say, just because he got that, you're not that good. What are you talking about? Well, we do have it. Jerry, Jerry Jones. <laughs> yeah, but everybody hates Jerry. Like, Jerry does it. Well, that's Jerry why. Does that, that's that's why. why. Jerry does that to guys who deserve those contracts. <laughs> but Jerry, Jerry looks the guy who does deserve that kind of contract. You know, I'm not going to pay you. Yeah. And, you're and really, you can't say money. that Jerry didn't. Jerry started it. Jerry paid Dak. What has Dak done? Dak has done a lot more than Deshaun Watson. I mean, not uh, Deshaun Watson. Well, okay, that too. But uh, he has been more than Lamar Jackson. Yes, he has. How many playoff wins does Dak have? How many playoffs does the uh, Lamar? That's have? my point. You well, can't. I'm talking. Okay, we're not talking playoff wins. We're okay. We're not talking that. We're, we're talking uh, wins in general. We're talking stats, touchdown throws. I'm talking about wins. Lamar Jackson has way more wins than Dak Prescott. Lamar hasn't been in the NFL as long as Dak, though. I'm saying if you since Lamar's been in the league, I'm, I, he can't win. Listen, he's a, okay. If we're gonna go, he's a better the, athlete. Yes, we can't but, say that Dak's not okay. He if Dak's worth his contract, then Lamar Jackson should. You look at it now. Dak if you look at these contracts now, these players getting Dak is worth his contract. Well, now it's <laughs> cheap. But I'm saying the reason though that these other guys are getting paid is they all said, "Well, I'm better than that guy." Like he, you know, I mean, Jerry put everybody in a bad spot. Dak, okay, you look at it, then you know, Jerry. Okay, now I have to pay this guy, you know, or it's gonna look bad on my part. Mm-hmm. But if you look back on it, that before he, out, Jerry, Jerry regrets that he gave him that contract because now he's stuck with a quarterback who doesn't fit a system that the coach that he brought in. Wants to run. Now he's saying, I got all these different options. He doesn't even want his coach. He's not sure about his quarterback. But, okay, so this is... Okay, so... How did this turn into a... This is is why the Cowboys are America's team. We're talking about Lamar Jackson and the Cowboys... Yeah. So, this is... This is also how Jerry wins all the headline wars. Yes. This is now not become about... uh, Mike McCarthy. It hasn't... It's not about... Kellen Moore. It's not about... Uh, uh, Dak Prescott. This has become about Jerry Jones. Right? Jerry Jones. What the heck does Jerry Jones want? I don't think Jerry Jones knows what he wants. Because here it is. You go and you get this coach. You say, we want this guy. But now you're saying, well, we still got options. You know? Mm -hmm. And then you go and get this uh, quarterback contract and you 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 don't even know if you believe that he's, you know, quarterback for the system. Well, Jerry, what do you want? And if it's not what you want, why didn't you just get that in the first place or say that in the first place? Because I think it's just Jerry Jones has gotten to a point in his career where as an owner, as the owner of Dallas Cowboys, where it's like he's not satisfied with anything. And yes, he says all this, you know, we're oh, I want to win a Super Bowl. We want a Super Bowl. But that's become common talk. Jerry Jones has not done anything effectively, um, per se, to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, he's they've gone and got players, but what have you? I mean, what have you done effectively to show that? Okay, I am serious as an owner. I'm serious as, as with my coaches that we want to win a Super Bowl. We're going 
to win a Super Bowl. Jerry, I've come to the conclusion, Jerry Jones doesn't know what he wants. He don't. He don't. He doesn't even. It's just up in the air for him, you know. Well, is and, Jerry it, still like really in charge? I mean, that's the, and that's another question. But at the same time, <laughs> he's satisfied with the receiving core as of right now. He's he's satisfied with how the team looks as of right now. That doesn't scream something to you. I don't know what does. You know, because the Cowboys now now we reverted to the Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> we've. Uh, I, I'm gonna come back to what you comparing Dak and Lamar here and just say, okay. Keep talking. But um, so the Cowboys, the the against the San Diego uh, or Los Angeles char- uh, Chargers had a. A great game, and they weren't even playing their starters. The run game looked incredible. Um, Tyler Smith did great, you know, as for a second game, he, he improved a whole lot. Um, but you look at it now, and you're you're thinking, okay, so is Dallas gearing up for a pass, or are they gearing up to throw? Because that game, they didn't throw as much. Now they had a little, little, a few short passes and a few maybe thirty yard passes, but it was nothing too big, not you know, deep passes, uh, and you look at it, just okay. So what does Cowboys look at the look like at the receiver court? You have a bunch of young guys. You don't have any veterans. Uh, the only the veteran that you have, I guess you could put in that category, is uh, Michael Gallup, and you know he's coming off an injury. You don't you're 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 not necessarily stacked at the receiver depth chart. You. And so, so I saw, you know, Jerry should go out and sign uh, Odell Beckham. Get someone, a veteran, on that roster, you know, before the season starts. But Jerry, as he stated, he's they're fine with where they're at right now. At that, and they're not a contending ball. Like we may win the division, we're not a we're not a Super Bowl contender. I don't know what he's so content. With. I will. I will I say think he's just waiting on Sean Payton to come open, and then I will. I will say this. Um, Dallas, they're pretty stacked. On defense right now, but but that was the case last year as well. Yeah, our defense was happened. yeah our defense was stacked, but our offense was struggling. Now we were the top in the top ten offense in offense, but okay okay. But here's my problem. Everybody wants to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Your top ten this top ten win a game. Like I don't care about the stats. Let's win games. They did win the games. They didn't win a playoff. Yeah, not when it matters. We can't win a playoff game. Yeah. Dak is not capable right now, as it stands, of winning a big a big game, and 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 he's going to have to do it to prove otherwise. So so you compare Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott. Okay, here's why Lamar Jackson is worth at least Dak Prescott money. Since coming into the league in 2018, uh, Lamar Jackson is 37 and 12 in the NFL. Okay. Dak Prescott in the same amount of time is thirty one and twenty. Okay. Right at a three hundred ball player. That does not bode well. Okay. So you take that. Deshaun I'm not Deshaun, I don't keep saying Deshaun Watson. Uh Lamar Jackson. He's a flashy player. I still wouldn't pay him that much money. He's worth Dak money at this point because Dak now is considered like 
a bargain. So I mean, you know, as it. Well, I wouldn't. I, I to me, he's not. At least he's won a couple playoff games. How many? I think he's won two. That's what I'm saying. He's won a couple. Dak, on the other hand. Who did he play? Uh, there was. Oh, hold on. I want to say he beat Pittsburgh one year. Yeah. He beat a broken Pittsburgh. Hey, a win's a win's a win. I don't care who it is. I still wouldn't pay him. Matt Prescott can't beat San Francisco with. 30 seconds left on the clock. I would not. I, I just would not. Deshaun, I mean, okay, saying Deshaun. Lamar Jackson is not. He's not a great quarterback. He's not worth. Yeah. That's Kyler what I'm saying. Murray he's, Kyler I mean, Murray's not worth Kyler Murray. He's really not. I mean, and the reason, reason being, and it may not totally be his fault, but the reason being, the guy hasn't done anything but run around in the freaking backfield. But that's all. That's all. That's all. He hasn't that's done all anything. Dak Prescott's ever done. No, it's not. Dak has oh. thrown passes. Okay. Dak is not as good of a quarterback as people think. Yes, he is. Listen, he, okay, so, okay, you can't put Dak, you can put him on a level. I mean, what more do you want from him, really? What could you ask for? I want him to win. Okay. I, okay, here's the problem. Okay, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Damn, Marino never won a Super Bowl. Uh, who Marino else? Marino was a much better quarterback than Dak ever thought about being. Okay, so and Dak Prescott is. But not no, but Dan that, but that's not what I'm saying. Dak is a good. He's a good quarterback. But if Dan, okay, and here's the other thing about Dan Marino. If Dan Dan Marino, the one of the reasons he got into the Hall of Fame is because he was just beloved around America. Okay, like I. Oh, Dan Marino is one of those kind of oddball guys that who gets in because he was a nice guy. He was a pretty good quarterback, but he was a really nice guy. But there's plenty of quarterbacks out there that... So you're, wait, you're saying that Dak Prescott is a Hall of Fame quarterback? He could be. He's 31-20. and 20. He could be. No. He could be. No. Okay, if that's the case, then why is Tony Romo a Hall of Fame quarterback? He's not. You don't think he is? No. Why not? I, I think he... Because, because, and here, this is why he's one player. So, okay, on a on a yeah, on a side note, so this brings up another discussion. Dak has one playoff game. One, one. How many have I mean, have Lamar Jackson won? I'm gonna look that up. We did not plan for the show to go in this direction. <laughs> but I'm saying, Dak is a good quarterback, regardless of what how people want to put it. He's a good quarterback. Now, whether or not Cowboys want to think about or would would keep him around and franchise tag him, that's another conversation. But as of right now, he is their quarterback. Okay, Lamar Jackson's won one playoff game. The same They're amount. Even. They're even. That's what I'm saying. So Lamar Jackson's. I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson's better than Dak. You I'm saying me. that Dak's not better than Lamar. You why? Because he can't run around in the backfield. Because he's not that. And juke a time. I'm saying that Lamar Jackson may be worth Dak Prescott money. Lamar Jackson's more athletic in the way that he's faster and he can juke an entire defense. Okay. That's it. But I'm not saying that he's better. I'm saying he's as good. That's Heck no. Yes. You show oh. me. Show me okay. other than. L- okay. Listen. So back to the whole Tony Romo thing. Is he a Hall of Famer? That, that leads to kind of a side conversation off of that. And here, and, and, and I'm going to loop this all back around. Here's the problem with players like Dak Prescott. 
and, and Lamar Jackson. And I would even say Kyler Murray's probably going to wind up in this same conversation. There are not many great all-time great players left. Yeah. There's not. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, um, just trying to think. That's it. Of all-time greats. Patrick Mahomes, maybe. Uh, I, you know, he, he he might could work his way into that conversation. Mm-hmm. There's not many left. I could see Josh Allen being able to work his way into that conversation. He he's really good. But what? But because of that, what's happened is we have now changed what we look at as a great player. Mm-hmm. If Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. And, and these other guys played, and and in that same bunch we had Brett Favre, and we had a young Tom Brady, and we had a young uh, Big Ben, and we had a young Peyton Manning, and we had a young Aaron Rodgers, and we had you know, and throw in a couple of other guys. Okay, Kurt, a young Kurt Warner. We would go those those guys are the greats, and everybody else is very good. But because we don't have many of the greats, we take these very good players and we make them great. That's why Deion Sanders came out the other day and says, I want a different colored jacket than the other guys because I'm a great player. They're just very good. But because there's no great players left, they get into the Hall of Fame. So what I'm saying with Dak and what I'm saying with Lamar and what I'm saying with Kyler Murray is I'm I'm comfortable saying they're good players. I'm not comfortable saying that they're top tier players. I, I'm not. I don't. And to be honest, I don't think that there are many left. I think we're reaching a point in the NFL where very good players are going to win Super Bowls because there's not any real true yeah. top tier well, players. The left. only two left right now, or well, quarterback wise, is Tom Brady. And Aaron Rodgers. Who are not going to win Super Bowls because the rest of their teams, the, the team that's around them, are not very good. Okay, well, what Deion Sanders reigns true. And that was going to be a, a point that I was going to bring up. You take most of the guys that's getting into the Hall of Fame now, how many of them have won a Super Bowl? Not very many. Exactly. Right. So that's, that's what, what I'm, I'm saying. saying. They're not great. I'm, okay. I'm comfortable with saying that Dak... Is a good player. Yeah. I'm comfortable with saying that Lamar is a good well, player, but you can't. But because of that, you can't say that Lamar Jackson doesn't deserve Dak's contract. I don't say it because I don't believe he does. I'm not going to say it because I don't believe he does. All right. He hasn't shown me anything. Neither is Dak. Okay. Dak has shown we'll, me a lot more. We'll agree to disagree. We'll Lamar Jackson runs around. He can make plays happen, but that's it. And man, I get that. Like I was going to say earlier, before, but like I was going to say earlier, is maybe it's not entirely his fault because they didn't get him a receiving core. He didn't have anyone to throw to other than Hollywood Brown. Now Hollywood Brown's out of town. You don't have anybody else. So until you show me that you can actually consistently throw a ball without having to run around and juke and do all this extra fancy stuff, then you deserve. In my, you would deserve. That contract, but other than that, can't consistently throw. He dinks and dunks, but at least he throws. But that's what it because his his offensive corner is asking him to throw the ball. He can throw. He's throwing balls. 
We don't know. We really don't know if it because never in Lamar Jackson's career has John Harbaugh asked him to throw. He hasn't been asked to. So, so we don't really know. I think that sometimes we hold things against players that they can't control. They can't control. Lamar Jackson can't control the fact that John Harbaugh has told his offensive coordinator, "Listen, what I want to do is I want to run right at these guys. I want to use." Uh, his athleticism, and I just want to throw every once in a while. It, okay, if that's so, the he case, switched up his offense. Then he needs to. Is that what? Should, uh, no, I'm oh. saying he's done that. Then, yeah, completely. Hmm? He just wants to run. Yeah, you talking about Super Bowl, John Harbaugh. Yeah, they had a, a receiving core, Joe Flacco. He had a different quarterback. You telling me that he wants to run all of a sudden? Yes. But, okay. That's a that's a philosophy. That's the philosophy that he wants to to run okay. in Baltimore. All right, all right. Just like Pete Carroll. Okay. I, I'm just saying. You, if we, I, I think that sometimes we we hold things against players. Just just a thought. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe it. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. But all right. All right. Uh, moving on, we've talked about the Cowboys. <laughs> we even talked about um, Tyron Smith's injury. Yeah, I mean, he, he yeah. tore his hamstring. We'll see. Yeah. Michael Gallup's going to be playing to start the year. Um, Seattle looked atrocious the other night. Uh, just, yeah. I don't nasty, know. Man. But, but at what point. It's getting still over there, man. But but okay. At what point do you say, "All right, Pete, we like you. You're a good man. <laughs> you want you want us the Super Bowl. It's time to move on. <laughs> like, like, you you, you got to go. But now you can't. See, here's the problem. They can't move on from Pete Carroll because they traded Russell Wilson. You don't have Russell, anybody else. <laughs> Russ literally said, "It's me or him." They go, "Well, then you're gone." Like, we'll see you later. We're going to trade you to Denver. We're not going to let you cook in the kitchen. Yeah, they have so much faith in Pete Carroll, that's how willing they were to let go of their top and franchise that's quarterback. turning out to be a disaster. Yeah, it looks bad because they that can't really run the ball. Football. Yeah, They can't run it. They can't pass it. Defense isn't looking good. Russell Westbrook was that last piece of that Super Bowl mm-hmm. team. Nobody else is left. No. Legion of Doom's gone. <laughs> Along with the coach, he's in Dallas. <laughs> and, and that that Legion of Boom, not Doom. <laughs> teams are so quick to move on from their quarterback. Like that's the sad part in today. That, that we're just going to trade you and we're going to go get somebody. But nobody ever asked. Just like Cleveland, just like. Well, what if it doesn't work? <laughs> Like, okay, right now, if you're San Francisco, what if Trey Lance isn't as good as everybody thinks? Oh, ask New York what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ask I mean, New York. That's what I'm saying. So why are we so eager to say, okay, we'll just go find another quarterback? It's not that easy. Yeah. Listen. I'm afraid that we're about – there's about to be less purity in the NFL because you've got so many guys that think – We'll just move on from our quarterback, and they're not replacing with quality quarterbacks. You're about to have the haves and the have-nots. 
That, that's where the NFL's headed. Like, within the next couple of years, there's going to be the top heavy and then everybody else. Yeah. It's going to come down to about four or five, maybe six teams that are really good, and then everybody else is just like, they're all right. Like, it's, it's, it's hurting the NFL. Well, if you and look at it, so, yeah, well, uh, to, to feed off of that, if you look at it back then, let's go back to maybe the 70s, 80s. It was the same way. You had a few good teams and then everybody, everybody else. And and it's going back to that. But in the early 2000s, you had parity. I mean, you know, there was some different cats out there because everybody had a decent quarterback. Maybe not a great quarterback, but a decent And I say that, and this is part of the reason why, probably. Because the rules of the game has changed. Oh, yeah. Back then, they played harder, man. Now, everything is so soft, you can barely tap the quarterback. But you weren't as apt to play the young guy. Now, everybody thinks, we'll just plug, we'll just plug him in. He'll yeah. just be great. Like, everybody assumes that Trey Lance has anyone. What about Trevor Lawrence? You're in Jacksonville. You threw all of those games. Has anybody ever thought, is he any good? <laughs> like, can he play? I, that's what that, I want to be in these rooms. And I want to ask them, has anybody in the, in, the, in the draft room thought, can he really play? He doesn't have a receiving core. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm just saying. I'm just using him as an example. I, because I, everybody is so sure that he's going to be – like the second coming of Joe Montana, uh, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm just throwing that a name. Yeah. I mean, the second coming of anybody great. Like they, we crowned him a Hall of Fame quarterback before he ever stepped into a weight room in the NFL. Yeah, but that's the that's the world that we live in. They are so eager to go to the young guys, and nobody's asking, can these cats play? Well, uh, so that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is... I don't know. But in NBA news, um, LeBron's staying in L.A. Yep. Whatever that means. He's, yeah. What does that mean? I mean, if you're Russell Westbrook, he wants out. You're going to have to trade him. Why why does LeBron want us... What is LeBron getting out of this? Other than the... I mean, the fact that LeBron's in the news all the time. That... You're not winning a championship in LA. That's I'll, not gonna happen. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Who are they better than? That's what I want to. Who does he think that they're gonna replace to get into the playoffs? In the West. Yeah, I mean, like, who are you better than? That's you a lot. Eleventh. Who? But I mean, you finished eleventh. That was yeah. on bad. There's a lot of teams. No, okay. Everybody keeps saying the injuries. You're gonna have injuries again. Yeah, no. Newsflash. Uh, oh, it's not the injuries because they had injuries when they won a championship. I, yeah, but I don't want to hear. Oh, they got rid of Frank Vogel. He yeah. won a championship. Yeah, and I say this: there's not many teams in the West that's better. And you have. Oh, they're the, not I, even close to Golden State. Well, that's what that's what I'm saying. You have Golden State. You have who? Uh, you have who? Uh, uh, Arizona. It's not Arizona. No, uh, Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, the Suns. They're, they're not as good as them. They're, they're that's it. That's all I can mean. LA, the Clippers ain't as good. Uh, I I think LeBron James has gone senile. Clippers are actually good. And he's got, he's kind of, he's got to be in the same boat as Tom Brady. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm not as good. I'm not going to win another championship. No, nah, it ain't LeBron James. LeBron James. Okay. So, LeBron James... Does LeBron care about winning? I want to. Uh, somebody should ask him that question. 
Like, that's a look. do you that's care a... about winning games, or have you reached a point in your career that you just want to flex your muscles and say, I can get the coach fired, I can get people traded, I can force them to give me an extension whenever I want to? The extension was a surprise, I say that much. But Oh, I guess that means that in a few years, Bronny's coming to town. The other one's got a college offer. Yeah, but... LeBron doesn't care about him. He cares about Bronny. <laughs> I don't want to say that, man. That is, oh, LeBron's man. got favorites. He doesn't promote the other one. The all we hear from LeBron is Bronny this and Bronny. Okay, that. well, okay. So that's the thing. The other one uh, doesn't need his dad to promote him. His game does the but talking for him. Bronny's not very good, but Bronny is the one that LeBron wants to play with. Bronny's he has his. He good. has his namesake. Well, you look trying is you suck. So I'm gonna help you look better. Like is that? What do you? I don't know. How do you? How do you go to get? Okay, you're not. You're the lesser athlete. But I'm gonna make it look like you're my favorite. I don't know. It's just the LeBron thing. It gets old. I don't know. I'm ready for him to go. Oh, and those, you do realize he's gonna own a team later. Yeah, I don't mind that. At least it'll flex his muscles on that side of the thing. Yeah, but how many coaches is he gonna go through as an owner? That's a good question, but I think. <laughs> like every year, you just gonna fight. You coach the team. Like if you're so good, I, I just LeBron. LeBron needs to retire. He needs to say, well, you know, LeBron what? learns from Jerry. <laughs> he is a Cowboys fan. That's Jerry true. gave him an honorary. What contract. if LeBron is the next owner of the Cowboys? Newsflash: dun, 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 dun. I wouldn't win that. At least then we'd probably win a Super Bowl. <laughs> he knows how to build a championship team. Uh, you mentioned Patrick <laughs> Beverly may be coming to the LA. Lakers. Uh, I believe so. Uh, as Poor I, guy. Uh, as I heard, uh, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker and um, Stanley Johnson were on the trade block for that for him. Um, but why do you even want? Who wants to go to LA? It's a circus. A lot of people. I guess okay, just so that's like, like a, but they so, just want to go to say they play for LA. It's like exactly. The exactly. Exactly. The Cowboys could go like one and sixteen, and somebody would say, "I want to be a Cowboy." Yeah, because everybody—not what can say everybody—but it was a lot of people that played in the NFL. A lot of guys that grew up a Cowboys fan. They always dreamed about being a Cowboys player. So whenever the opportunity presents itself, you take that opportunity. You do it anyway. Yeah. Even even uh, what's his name? Von Miller. Wanted to go to the Cowboys, but because they didn't offer him the amount of money he wanted, he didn't go. Yeah, but he wanted to. Yeah, he wanted. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, yeah. he, you know, they wanted to be a Cowboy. No matter how many times they beat him, they but that's how LA is, I guess. You know, even yeah. even with LeBron and then KD, that saga temporarily over in Brooklyn. Now there was there was something interesting that was said there in that deal. Our partnership. Did they? Who's in charge in Brooklyn? Like, does KD... And this goes back to the whole player empowerment thing that LeBron started. Is KD going to be calling the shots from here on out? And if so, why did you keep Steve Nash? I hope hope not. I sure hope not. But they said our partnership. Well, what? What's a partnership? Who's the other half of the partnership? Durant and the Brook and the Nets. Who? If it's not the head coach, that's not a good partnership. That's no, a partnership. I think it's between ownership K- and KD. KD can't be trusted. Okay, KD's a fraud. <laughs> right. 
KD can't be trusted, man. Why would you even, if this is the case, make a partnership with him or what? But whatever that means. But we're assuming that it means that there he's a, he's part of that partnership with somebody. But why would you do that with him? The guy, I mean, he hasn't proven himself to be a true leader. I I don't know. I don't understand it. Does he really want to play like the whole deal? And then you got Kyrie, who's gonna stay, but. He kind of wants to be in L.A. Because for whatever reason now, he's in love with LeBron. Even though he hated LeBron. Lakers ain't going to move on big pieces to get him, man. But here's the problem with the NBA right now. The NBA has nothing real. It's turned into a soap opera. Like the only real team right now is Golden State. Mm -mm. I wouldn't even say them. They're soap opera too. Yeah, well, I mean, you got Durant. I mean, not not Durant. Yes, uh, uh, Steph. You got Draymond Green. Draymond. They're not even. I say Milwaukee. Yeah, but I mean, nobody. I say Giannis, the Greek freak. The Milwaukee is a better. Okay, as a more but break. I'm saying that nobody in in Golden State's going. I want to run the team, or I'm going to call the show. They just play basketball. Yeah. What I mean by a real team and not a soap opera is they just play basketball. There's not many of those right now. In the NBA, because everybody, all these big names are are in the news constantly. Yeah. And all we're ever talking about is how they are entitled and how they want this. This is not a good look for the NBA. Somebody's going to have to get control of the situation and go, okay, let's go back to playing basketball. Like, let's focus on the product on the court and not all of the things that happen off the court. Well, you're going to need some head coaches like Popovich, uh, Phil Jackson. Yeah, you you have to get guys to like, those, sit those hard. Yeah, up. I don't care who you are. You you play for me. <laughs> you know, but you're 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 right. There's not any more real teams. I mean, it's all about one guy. You know, the Lakers. It's about LeBron. Uh, Golden State. It's about Steph or uh, um, Phoenix. It's about Devin Booker or Chris Paul. Um, who else? At in um, Brooklyn, it's either about Car- Kyrie or uh, or KD and or both. Oh yeah, or both. Or, and then you still have Ben Simmons. Yeah, we don't even know. Can Ben Simmons even play? Like, that's according to some people, he can actually shoot the ball. I don't know why in the world, why in the world he wouldn't try to do it in the game <laughs> and just show off in practice. <laughs> like, but, I don't know. Yeah, that's a whole saga. Yeah. Uh, other NBA news, kind of a. Uh, on a on a little bit of a down note, but it, it's still news nonetheless. Kobe Bryant's wife did win a sixteen million dollar civil lawsuit concerning Rightfully. pictures, rightfully so, uh, that were wrongfully taken and and released, and uh, just so sad. Yeah, and it's not it's not just about the privacy. In that matter, it's not just about the privacy of the family, uh, but it's that they released photos of her little girl. Yeah. And that's the who would do that? Just, Kobe Bryant. I'm not gonna say I would understand because it's. I mean, but it's Kobe Bryant. So stuff like that would happen because it's Kobe Bryant. But even even these athletes are human beings. Exactly. My gosh, let them be human. And it's 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 a toko line when you release his daughter. You you release both of those photos. Nobody should have to go through something like this. Reliving that trauma, you know, and and then seeing those pictures, you know, 
especially for the whole world to see. But um, rightfully so, she won. I mean, I think if, if it was me, that sheriff's department would be paying for the rest until they get a new sheriff or whoever. Yeah. They would be paying. Such a sad deal. Yeah. Um, then just looking down at the Major League Baseball, the Rangers have not only moved on from their manager, Chris Woodward, they've also replaced John Daniels as the president of baseball operations. Uh, right now, that duty has gone to Chris Young, who was the GM. So he'll be playing both roles. Don't know what that's going to look like. But definitely for the first time in uh, almost two decades, there's going to be a new approach to Texas baseball. And so I'm ready to see, okay, what next steps are the Rangers going to take? You spent all this money. You've still got money left over to spend. What do you – are you this command? Are you in win-now mode? Um, and I think they're going to be this next year. Eager yeah. to see see that uh, and, and see the direction that Texas yeah. uh, goes with this. They've made the necessary moves that they felt, you know, had to be made. Uh, they could be changing, you know, the dynamic and mm-hmm. uh, motion of their game. With the with you know with these kind of moves, I hope the best for them. Like I said, the only I've always said the only thing that Texas the Rangers lack is consistency. Yep. Yeah. And now you've got just a different vision, a different approach that's going to be coming not only in the dugout but but to the front office as well. Uh, the Los Angeles Angels of uh, Anaheim are potentially up for sale. Uh, the Marino family, after having owned the team for uh, twenty years, is looking into selling it. He bought it from Disney for uh, I believe I heard a hundred. And eighty-five million dollars, and he's going to sell it probably for two billion. So wow, he's coming out with his hands clean uh, <laughs> and making some money. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. You have Shohei Otani, who is an international superstar, plays on both sides. Uh, you still have Mike Trout. You've pretty much wasted his career by not <laughs> putting a, a good talent around him. Oh, but he's, you know, he he's still got a Hall of Fame career going. Yeah. So I, I expect somebody's going to get interested. I want to see what does it look like for the organization under new ownership, new front office, all those things. It's definitely got to take place if all, if the Angels are going to be back in contention. Hey, LeBron uh, James all. might buy him. Well, is he going to retire from the Lakers? You heard it here first. LeBron James retiring from the Lakers. He may, he may, buy, he may buy the team. That'd be interesting. Yeah, uh, for He's sure. a billionaire. In other California, I mean, California is all in the news today. Uh, <laughs> for the San Diego Padres, Tatis Jr. finally apologizes. He won't fess up and say, I took steroids. But he does say, I bear some responsibility. No, you bear all the responsibility. You, you made these choices. You did these things. You've got them to spend this amount of money, and you haven't lived up to a dime of your country. Unless somebody in his camp... Slipped him a water bottle and say, hey, man, hey, drink this, man. Here's your water. And he accidentally didn't know or he knew and could have said yes or no. Even if it was no. ringworm medicine, why would you take a ringworm medicine that may have a questionable substance in it that could cause you to be suspended from Major League Baseball? Must have been a serious ringworm, I guess. <laughs> well, that's it for good old sports, guys. I uh, yes. hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, be looking for us again. Uh, I'm... Because of technical things, we can get this out till today. But be looking for us on Monday. Be looking for other content on our TikTok, our other social media pages. And uh, have a great weekend. God bless.